Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted discussion of Empower to Grow. I still have the, the beautiful Adriana Monique Alvarez. Thank you, Adriana, for being around. Absolutely. Let, let's keep going. Yep, exactly. Adriana is the founder of AMA Publishing. And as I was telling her, um, or I was asking her, could we delve a bit deeper into the topic of publishing and the industry of publishing with the pandemic and with people in lockdown and and mostly in isolation, um, we've had this existential question of who am I and you know my journey and what am I doing and where do I want to go and what's my purpose? And I think for a lot of people, they started exploring the notion of writing. And I know for a lot of people, including myself, I've always wanted to write. I've actually studied journalism. I never thought I had the writer in me. I used to avoid writing in school, but <laughs> then I specialized in journalism and I found that when I do it and it's optional, I actually enjoy it, <laughs> you know? And, um, and a lot of people started exploring that notion of becoming a published author. But then that industry is a bit perplexing. And then we have the, what's self-publishing versus going with a publishing house versus, you know, the, what kind of charts are you looking at? What's, what's your ultimate goal as an author? So I'd love to explore this notion with you. <laughs> Let's start yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, What's goodness. a publishing house? <laughs> well, where to start? Okay, so a, a publishing house is basically a business and an entity that is going to take a manuscript through, typically through the process of editing and formatting and cover design, preparing it to put it to market, right? Mm -hmm. um, figuring out what are the distribution channels, how can people purchase it? This is pretty typical publishing. But you know, you you speak of something that really is what inspired me because publishing has it's an old industry. It hasn't changed much in terms of you know a few the process. Years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what what happened was is actually I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful that they made it so overwhelming and intimidating, and uh, because this is what inspires change, mm -hmm. right? People begin to go, you know what? I don't need you to say yes to me. I don't need you to give me permission to share my story. I don't need you to approve of my story. I don't need you to change my voice. I don't need you to do any of it. I can find another way. And that's what has opened up. And I just wanna to say too, it's important to understand that traditional publishing as it's existed is who gave self-publishing a bad name. Well, mm -hmm. of course, it makes sense, right? Because they want to constantly be the gatekeeper. They want to be the one to make the decisions. The unfortunate thing about traditional publishing and its past is that it's completely male-dominated. Even when a man owned a publishing house and he died, it could not go to his wife. It had wow. to go to his son. Seriously, that's part of, of the inheritance yes. rules when it comes to publishing houses. And so you've got to ask yourself, why did they not want women in charge of stories? 
-hmm. What might we let through that they didn't, right? And we know that traditional publishing houses are eight times more likely to reject women. And if you've got an exotic last name, like, you know, some of us do, you're, you're even lower on the list. And so this is what allows us to create change and to do something new. And that's exactly what I did. Wow. Okay. I mean, I know because now I'm like, I work with startups and I work within the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And we were actually had a session uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about funding for women-led or women-owned startups. And the percentages were ridiculous. We're talking about like two to 5%. I did not think, well, now it makes a lot of sense, but I did not actually stop to think that this would also be reflected so much in, in the publishing industry as well. And this is, and I think that's why JK Rowling was one of the people that's like, you know, it for her was like such a huge thing to become a billionaire just from being an author. And she got rejected tens of times before her manuscripts got printed. Okay, so does that mean that you work, what started you is you wanted to create that space and acceptance for women writers and you only publish for women? You know, I don't only publish for women, but I mainly publish for women. Okay. Um, we actually just got a whole group of, of male authors, but the, the thing that really inspired me was all of my clients saying how they wanted to write a book, never finishing it, getting rejected, bumping up against things, trying to figure out an entire separate industry. And I just thought, wait a second, it shouldn't be this hard. And that's one of the things that really, you know, sort of gets me all fired up is when things are unnecessarily complicated. Yeah, yeah. And I like to do the opposite. I like to go, what's the simplest way we can approach this? What's the simplest way we can accomplish this? And so I just began to create solutions for my clients. And before I knew it, in our first year, we had helped 125 authors. And I just thought, wow. okay, I've got to figure out how we can grow this and sustain this because clearly there's people who have something to say, but were discouraged by the systems that are in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's true. And I think as, as we started out saying, it was because it's a male dominated industry as well, a lot of women's like, do I really want to go through all that? I mean, do I, do I want to sit and write a whole manuscript of whatever the genre would be just to get rejected or to have to go around? Because usually this is something that you think, I want to do it because, well, I don't think a lot go out to set themselves out, up as authors, but they want to do it because they have something to share. There's a story, there's knowledge, there's an experience. And to let women know, or others know, generally men and women, that they're not alone experiencing this. And the other thing that kept coming up, and I kept seeing it over and over again over the past couple of years specifically, is the collection of stories, the mm. collection of authors. Let's get together to create something. And I think, does this facilitate it further? Uh, as a publisher, do you get those kind of uh, manuscripts? Absolutely. So. You bring up some really great points because people can decide to go it alone and write that that book, but sometimes they realize they're not quite ready for it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a muscle. And what you said is true. There's some sort of wisdom we want to pass on. There's an experience that we want to share in order to help another. And so for me, what I noticed is that collaboration books were a great way to get people started. You know, because what has happened 
because of how publishing has been, I noticed that every single person who came to me, while they had a story to share, they were deep in self-doubt. Maybe it's not good enough because they had experienced so much rejection. So now instead of questioning the system, they question themselves, right? (laughs) So what I began to do is say, we're just going to start with a 3000 word chapter. You can handle that. Yes, you have something important to share. And now we also produce those books for other people. So we have all kinds of leaders, uh, coaches, consultants, speakers who they're putting together their own collaboration book and then we support them in the publishing process. Wow, I love that. I love that because I know as well, um, I'm a huge fan of Mel Robbins and she spoke about how she had to self-publish. Actually, I think she just put a post today that was like five years ago where she first published, self-published the five second rule. And, um, and she's like, you know, it was such an experience. And now even with the late, with her latest book, um, I think it was Walmart that refused to carry the book and it still went off to top the charts. And so that's, that's also part of the cycle that you have to take care of. It's like, where's that book going to get sold The channels, right? That, that's right. And, you know, one of the things that I do with clients is I ask them for their definition of success because everybody mm-hmm. has a different definition And then we allow that dream, that definition of success to become basically the proposal for what we create. But one of the things that we like to do is make sure that there's a long-term marketing plan because there's so much emphasis on writing the book and launching the book, but it's after the book launches that the real magic happens, right? It's like how all the emphasis is put on the pregnancy and what kind of birth do you want to have? Oh, by the way, you've got to take the baby home and you've got, you know, the next lifetime ahead of you. 16 to 18 years of, oh my God, (laughs) what do I do now? (laughs) So I like to look at books in a similar way. So yes, we, we can do all the things, you know, before, during, but don't forget about the after. And this is really where we shine because mainly our clientele are entrepreneurs who want to share their story in order to connect with their audience, expand, open opportunities. And so if there's not an ongoing plan for marketing, um, it's a great accomplishment, but it will sort of die off sooner than it needed to. And it won't have the Mm -hmm. longevity and the effect that it could. A book that has a good marketing plan could turn into hundreds of thousands of dollars in business. Whereas when you think of the traditional plan or the traditional model, you know, I had a lady recently have a meeting with me and she was negotiating with a traditional big name publisher to get seven cents off of every sale of her book. So she had to negotiate, she had to hire an attorney so she could get seven cents per copy. Seven cents. And I thought, what are we How how many books does she need to sell to actually make like what, a hundred (laughs) bucks? And for me, that's mind boggling because I, I have a hard time thinking small. I prefer to think big. And so when somebody knows, you know, I know this is the impact I'm here to have. This is the amount of money I want to make. These are the stages I want to speak on. Then we can create a plan that actually leads to that. And we're not caught up in, you know, negotiating pennies off of book sales. Exactly. And when we talk about the magic formula of the success of a book, because I've heard it both ways, there is the create something big and then write a book about it. And that will sell the book or create the book and make something big out of it and then sell whatever you are, you know, all the programs and the speaking engagements and everything else to talk about the book. 
as kind of the the chicken or the egg, <laughs> which yeah, exactly. from your experience. And you know, the way I see it, I have this motto that sits under my computer and it says there's at least 10 ways to do anything, right? That. Yep, that's true. So I don't get caught up in doing it one way because every individual has a slightly different plan, right? They're mm -hmm. in a different stage of their business. They have different dreams and aspirations. So for me, my biggest desire, the thing that I'm most focused on is making sure that our authors are writing the deepest, truest story they can. I don't want superficial, sugar-coated, just skimming the top type of stories because for me, this is, we already have enough of that, right? I, yeah. I want something that people can sink their teeth in and actually get to know an individual and take something that's rich and deep from it. So that's my first priority and then making sure that every single thing that matters to them is built into the plan. And that can look a lot of different ways. I love that. I know I'm, I'm, I'm grilling you on this industry because again, <laughs> as I said, so many, so many variables, so much unknown. What about how, again, talking about the evolution of the industry. Now we have audiobooks and Audible, of course. I know that when I discovered Audible, my life changed. <laughs> it was like, it was transformational because suddenly, you know, kind of the errands no longer are, are daunting. I enjoy them because I have the book and I'm driving and I have a book. And, you know, between books and podcasts, it's just, my life has changed. But how much of the audio part of the book contributes to the success of it as well? Mm. You know, depending on the author, it could be a really big part of it. You know, and this is something that we look at after the initial launch typically, because it's another way to create a wave of momentum. Okay. So it's almost like you launch multiple times as you release mm -hmm. a different version of the book. So yeah, and, and you, you said it, people love it. So when we know that the consumer likes it, then it makes sense to tap into it and at least explore if this is right for the audience of the author. Okay, another question. <laughs> this is all I'm trying to kind of bring in. I think for everyone listening, I'm giving them that reassurance that they could do it. As you said, there are at least 10 ways to do it. Um, they could do it. And um, it is something if they have that genuine story they want to tell, they want to share, then they're definitely, um, they should be encouraged to, to, keep, to keep at it, to get that dream out. Last thing is about um, the awards. You know, those, it's the New York Times bestselling book. It's the, I don't know what bestselling book. It's on the, you know, all the charts and all the awards and everything. Again, is this very important for the success of a book or are we back to, this is about subjective success and what does the author actually want out of it? Mm, I am so glad you asked this question. I was figuring out how I could slip it in if you didn't Oh, ask. please do. Slip in anything you want. <laughs> you ask the question. So this is, this is a topic that most people don't know anything about, right? This is one of the biggest conversations I have with authors. So there's the Amazon list, there's the USA Today, the yeah. Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. Mm -hmm. So... Amazon and USA Today are pure numbers. You make lists based on the number of books you sell. Okay. okay. So we produce once a year a USA Today bestselling book. This is for that more established entrepreneur that they know they want another thing on the bio. They want to get more speaking engagements. They want on the podcast. They want right 
they want to raise their rates. So they go for the bigger list because the list does create a different perception. Our, the way our audience perceives us, the way we perceive ourselves, honestly, ultimately translates into cash and opportunities. Yeah. Sorry, I'll put you out there. The numbers, when we're talking about the numbers, now we're talking about the, the accumulated numbers of physical books, audiobooks, and um, Kindle or uh, digital prints. So you can launch one version at a time. So for example, if you have an Amazon launch, you can launch just the Kindle version, just the digital download, right? And mm -hmm. you can rank on that. Then once you've ranked for those categories and, and regions, then you can bring out the paperback and oh, you can man. actually rank there as well. So okay. for, and with Amazon, you know, this, this fluctuates constantly. They update yeah. these numbers, you know, every, about every four to six hours. For USA Today, this sort of count is stopped and started every Sunday. So in a seven day okay. period, so it's a week. Okay. It's a week. You, you have to be in the top 150 books, period. There's no categories. There's no groups. Okay. So you're up against the Bible. You're up against Harry Potter. You're up against every single book. And so in order to hit the USA Today list, you, you really need to be going for about seven to 10,000 copies in a seven day period. Okay. Right. And this is, this is what makes it harder. This is the box have... office of books. <laughs> okay. Now, Wall Street Journal and New York Times are book sales and a committee vote. Oh, okay. So what I learned by experience is for our first Younger Self Letters, I was going for Wall Street Journal and USA Today. And you can, you have to have a different strategy for each. And we actually made the Wall Street Journal list in terms of sales and all we hit, they have a certain lists you've got to check off their boxes. And they made the decision to delist our book. Wow. Perhaps, we'll just say hypothetically, these could be some options. They, they don't vote in as many females. Hmm. They don't care for certain last names. And they have strong, a very strong stance on politics that don't go with the mainstream. Hmm. And so what I learned is that I would prefer to go for a list that are playing a game I can win. So for Wall Street Journal and New York Times, I always caution people, while it does sound good and it is a huge accomplishment, if you get it, you can ride that for a long time. However, you could pour hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars into a New York Times campaign and not hit the list because they don't like your face. Because it's that subjective. It's that subjective. Wow. And I heard something, and I'd like for you please to verify it, that as a, if you're self-publishing, you're not even eligible to be on that list. That's right. So you have to go through a publishing house to even be considered on the list. That's right. That's unfair. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be as polite as possible over here. That's unfair, <laughs> yeah. you know. And and I understand now why it is such a huge accomplishment for, as you said, it's kind of a medal of honor, New York Times bestseller, but but that's not actually a very fair medal of honor either. 
it, it's true. And you know, if we just call it what it is, it's a good old boys club. And there are actually people who are trying to bring these two lists down. There used to be another list that was brought down due to corruption and an unfair ways. And so, you know, for me, this is just another, this is another thing that most people just don't know. It's a game. And if we don't understand how it's actually played, we can set ourselves up to lose in a big way because there's a lot of money at stake. Yeah. But are there other, I mean, talking again about the evolution of the industry, are there other lists that are credible, that are respected, that are coming up or any kind of, you know, kind of, I don't know, vetting system that goes along that people could aspire towards? Not really, not at this time. Barnes and Noble has a list, but because they sell so much less than Amazon, um, it's, it's just not talked about a lot. In order for us to hit USA Today and Wall Street Journal, that is one of the things you do have to do. You have to hit Amazon and Barnes. Uh, there's a few, few more that they look at, but there's no other lists that really have the recognition that these do. That's interesting. But again, there is some hope with the Amazon list because I know they're also country specific, region specific, category specific. So there is a chat, there's more hope hitting one of those lists at a point in time being on a chart that just kind of gives you hope. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And, and here's the thing is, the most important thing, if you want to hit a list, if you know that's important to you, is to work with people who've done it. So for mm -hmm. like Amazon, we have helped a thousand entrepreneurs become international wow. best-selling authors. So we can hit multiple lists in multiple markets in a launch. We have a track record now with USA Today. So you want to go with someone who has a system so that you're just plugging into what they have done over and over and over again, because that's another thing as an author, you don't want to have to figure out or think you know, think through and create a strategy for. Okay, I'm gonna ask one last question and please bear with me. Thank you for your generosity with the information. <laughs> Self-publishing versus going with AMA publishing. What are the pros and cons from that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if somebody decides to self-publish and do all the steps themselves, what I would say is uh, the best way I can describe it is a client of mine actually told me about the first book she did. It took her about three years. Wow. To work through a few editors, a few formatters, a few book designs, figure out the categories, all this, right? And she spent about $25,000 in trial and error Whoa. because there are some costly mistakes in publishing, right? Mm -hmm. However, she did do it. The reason people come to us is because they have money, but not time. Right. Okay. So people either have time or money most of the time. Obviously, my, my greatest desire is for both. But ultimately, when somebody doesn't have the time to try to hire a good, right, so there's, there's probably five or six people working on the book, a good team, and they don't want to trial and error, and they don't want to take three years, then they come to us. Okay. Okay. So as you said, um, I always say this, it's about you've got limited resources and our resources are in four or five categories. We've got our time, we've got our money, our knowledge, our energy, and then any tangible or intangible assets that we're, we're in ownership of. And it's always a matter of assessing what's my best return on my investment of those limited resources. So if I've got some time and 
well, if I've got a lot of time, but no money, or if I've got a lot of money and no time, then we always have to see what are the best options. And obviously, of course, go to someone who's already done before, who can kind of really shorten the period, shorten the, the learning opportunities or experiences you have to go through and make sure that um, you're expedited along the way, but also more efficiently and with bigger impact at the end. I love that. Thank you so much, Adriana. This, is, this has been very generous of you sharing all this and shedding a light on, as I said, this is one of those, you know, kind of dark areas where you only start kind of treading the waters when you're thinking about it and then you realize, oh my God, that is so overwhelming and then you back away. <laughs> I know I kind of did that when I, I had someone who was interested, I put in a proposal and then they changed them. I'm, um, you know, not at this point, again, possibly about my name, possibly about whatever the reasons. And then I'm like, you know what? I kind of researched very, very briefly self-publishing this. And I'm like, forget it. I'm, I'm not ready for this right now. But I know definitely now I'll be thinking about it and getting in touch with you as soon as possible from that perspective. Absolutely. That, and that's you. what we're here for. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I'll sum it up by saying, you have a story. You have a unique experience. You have a unique set of skills. You have knowledge to share. Um, get beyond the parts that are kind of the uncharted waters and get beyond yourself saying, if, if I should be doing it, am I worthy of doing this? Um, you are worthy. If you want to explore it, we have amazing women like Adriana, who's decided to support other women and to support those to get their voice out to the world. So keep going and keep sharing and keep being uniquely you. As always, I wish you love, abundance and prosperity. And I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, Join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that Empowered You empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.